welcome to the Car Sim and Race Driver Show, presented by Hugh Hattrick. Here at Bathurst in the course, my very special guest, basically, Rascal Rabbit, Josh Martin. It's great to have you back on the show. Drive fast and try not to crash. Welcome to the Car Sim and Race Driver Show. And boy, oh boy, do we have a special guest for you tonight. It is a chap who's been in the chat for a long time, for many months. And this time he said he would like to come on the show. It is, of course, Mike Rogers Racing. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? It's great to see you and have you on the show. How are you doing today? Pleasure. I'm very well. Very well, thank you. Now, we always start uh, with a question um, for every 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 guest that comes on the show. But uh, you've been racing for quite some time and giving us lots of uh, tips on how to get things set up. But how did your racing and so sim racing career start? And were you always interested in gaming? But what was your history? Um, I do not have any history in gaming whatsoever. Uh, my brother-in-law bought a PS4 about two years ago. Um, my fiance bought Gran Turismo. And obviously, being a motor racing enthusiast, I thought, oh, I'll give that a go. Um, and it just went from there, really. Started off playing GT, a um, little bit of Formula One, um, and moved on to ACC eventually. So I've not been playing very long. I'm very new to it. Um, a computer I had before, a PlayStation 4, was actually an Atari ST. So you're talking oh, wow. late 80s, early 90s. So never been much of a gamer, but I'm certainly making up for it in my later years. Yeah. So what was it like? I mean, if you've never done anything like that before and then you discover Gran Turismo and things like that, um, what was your kind of first impressions of, of racing games? Um, I was a bit shocked, actually, because of um, the realism and just how true to life the tracks were. Obviously, I'd never heard of laser scan tracks before. Um, so, yeah, I was quite blown away with it at first. Um, obviously, the the fake tracks, not so much, although they were still very much fun to play. Um, but Suzuka and Spa and um, some of the other tracks on GT were, yeah, just amazing. Just just blew me away, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's quite a thing because, I mean, there's, there's so much that's happened in the last 20 years of gaming and the kind of realism um, that, that has come about. Um, that it really does. I mean, you can ask why you can play these games for hours and hours and hours. Mm. And we'll get, we'll get to your set of course accomplishments in a few minutes' time. <laughs> I'd like to welcome as well all our guests who are on the chat. You've got lots of your friends who are in tonight. And my goodness me, they have been making lots and lots of, of hilarious comments. Okay. So I, will get, I will get to that. Uh, most of them, I think, are complimentary to you, Mike. Um, but we'll, we'll have to maybe check a few. Um, but I'm sure, I'm sure we'll, we'll get down to that um, in a few minutes' time. So what, um, in terms of your games just now, are your kind of favourite games and also your favourite combinations? Um, obviously, Assetto Corsa, Competizione, definitely my go-to game at the moment. It's the only game I actually have at the moment. I've just made transition from the PlayStation to the PC. Um, so I only have that game. At the moment, not particularly interested in any other game. Um, thought about maybe getting iRacing. Uh-huh. Possibly, we'll see. Um, and favorite combinations at the moment, definitely Spa. 
Um, Silverstone in the McLaren 720S is one of my favorites. Uh, Kialami, a bit of a Kialami specialist. Well, I was on the PlayStation, a little bit slower on the PC. Um, uh, what else? Um, and the new DLC, the British GT pack, um, Donington, Snetterton, Alton Park. Um, I can definitely see uh, those getting played quite frequently in the in the weeks to come. So, what is in terms of like the British DLC pack? Um, does that give you a new formula in it, or is it just the same as GT3 and GT4? I think it's same as GT3, GT4. I've not looked into it in a great deal of depth yet. Um, I know there's a ton of new liveries, if you mm. bothered about liveries, which I'm not really. Um, and, yeah, it's just the three three new tracks, I think. I think I'm not very well researched on the topic yet, I'm afraid. Yeah, I um, but yeah, no, because that's that's quite a thing. So that will give you plenty of time. You'll be wanting to to race around those tracks yeah. and get to know them. So what was it then that made you change from going from Gran Turismo to a set of Corsa and going from console to PC? This is going to come as quite a shock to everybody, but the penalty system. <laughs> yes. Um, I just I just found um, every week I'd be waiting for the new daily races to be announced, and yeah. rather than looking forward to what was coming i'd be looking forward with some kind of trepidation as to what uh, were the the most the more risky combinations and say for example if monza came up which it does quite frequently on gran turismo obviously yeah. i'm trying to build my driver rating and my sportsmanship rating yeah. um and i just i didn't really feel like i could take much of a risk i felt like if i if i tried monza five or six times i could end up back down yeah. to three thousand dr so yeah i, I I just got fed up with um i mean i'm not i'm not the i don't claim to be the best driver or the fastest driver but i am i try to be as clean as possible i try yeah. to give people a lot of respect but obviously we all know the problems with the penalty system um someone can shunt you from the back and you'll end up catching a penalty for that and um yeah i just i would tend to shy away a lot from playing the daily races time trialing i i, I love i know a lot of people aren't very very keen on time trialing but i do really enjoy enjoy the time trialing uh -huh. but that's not what i bought the game for i bought the game to race um, yeah. and even when i managed to get to a rank um the races didn't get much cleaner and the penalty yeah. system just seemed to be getting worse and worse yeah. um i had bought acc for the ps4 in june of last year um, uh -huh. got it on the day of release Looked fantastic. Watched watched it on a quite a few streams. Really yeah. liked the look of the game and the sound of the game. Um, but was left a little bit wanting once I had uploaded it onto my PlayStation. Um, yeah. The graphics obviously took a bit of a hit. Um, I was on a controller as well at the time, and it was very very difficult. So I did leave it alone for quite a while, a couple of months. Um, but I'd say August, September last year, started to get really bored of Gran Turismo and thought, you know what, I'm going to try and get my track medals for ACC. By that time, I bought the T300 uh -huh. um, and it just it just went from there, really. Once I'd done all the all my track medals, um, yeah, the rest is history. I was completely hooked. Um, at first, the the setup side of things didn't interest me a lot. I thought it was a bit geeky. 
um, yeah. but eventually got quite sucked in with it because um, obviously the more I learned about the game, the more I was learning about one of my hobbies, motor racing, learning more about the cars, learning more about the tracks. So yeah, it just, um, just went from there really. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic because it is. It's certainly quite different. I mean, I, mm. I, I, I completely share your understanding of the of the penalty system on GT Sport and that in that trepidation you have of thinking, oh, what's going to come and what are the tracks going to be like? You know, I mean, I, I love Group Four and I'm normally reasonable at Group Four, um, and I like Group Three to an extent as well. Um, but uh, but if I can get a good Group Four track like Group Four at Brands Hatch, I really quite enjoy that. I think that'd be mm -hmm. quite quite a fun race. Yeah. But you do wonder. I mean, it's like this one, this week's races. Um, I know Daily Race A was an absolute massacre. Um, it was really difficult. I didn't even try to race B at, at Group C at, um, I think, is it Kami, the, the Japanese track? I won't even try to pronounce that one. Um, okay. And uh, and then it was, uh, was it Yagimawa or something? I can't, I never get it right. Yes, I know, but, I know uh, the one you mean, yeah. And, I mean, and then there was the Daily Race C at Suzuka. And I thought that might be better because it's, mm. uh, you know, the, the Formula uh, X things or whatever they are, the, the Super, G, the super um, uh, Formula. And they're quite fun. I quite enjoy driving them. But even it's just other people's like you know, someone could spin in front of you at the hairpin and they've ghosted out and but obviously you go through their line but there's nowhere for you to go because there's already somebody next to you um and uh, and then you get like a four second penalty yeah. because they assume that you've that you've kind of put them off mm -hmm. um so it's uh, yeah no it can be it can be quite quite frustrating um when it's like that but uh, and i think in, in acc it's a different way of driving the car isn't it it's quite a different approach you have yeah. to take not not so much of a severe penalty for making contact with people um obviously when you're qualifying and you leave the track limits you get an invalidated lap instead of a one second penalty um yeah. and that used to really annoy me on gran turismo because you would either have to drive a whole nother lap serve your penalty and then restart again or just restart and then start the lap afresh which kind of breaks up the rhythm sometimes so i think acc have got it right it's not perfect but it's definitely um well, i love it anyway yeah i think if you hit somebody as well in 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 acc you tend to come off worse it's it's, yes. it's quite good it's a real thump and a thud even mm. going over the curbs can cause lots of problems absolutely um, more realism yeah 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 i do like it i do like it now we better get um, to some of these questions because they've been building up um with i can't believe how many hundreds of comments we've had since things were starting even even before you came on board um mm. they were writing the comments um, and to give you a taste um, of all your friends here, on, Sean was one of the first to come <laughs> on the, the chat, and he said, "My first question is, who's Mike Rogers?" And uh, so it was there. So yeah, that's who he is. And he said, "Your next question is, um, why does he live where he is and not in a posh area like I do?" <laughs> I've I've never lived in a posh area, Sean. I mean, the area I live in at the moment's quite nice actually um but i met my fiance three years ago and she lives in east london stroke essex so i moved here and i don't miss south london at all <laughs> <laughs> oh that's the thing now we've got some very good questions here but uh, one is uh, from mcgann 46 gt it says mike have you walked the dog uh, the dog was the dog was walked this afternoon in minus three degree weather, so he is now asleep downstairs in his bed. I was kind of hoping he'd come up and make a guest uh, guest appearance, but I don't think that's going to happen. So maybe next time. <laughs> uh, that's fine. Now here we go. I'll ask you some more uh, questions that are actually sim related. You'll be relieved um, mm -hmm. to hear, and it comes from Mew Mew seventy nine. One of the Hello, fastest. Mew. 
out there on JD Sports and more. Um, he's asked you, what is your favourite track on ACC? Ooh, um, I would have to say Kyle Army. Um, for those that know me and talk to me every day, that probably doesn't come as much of a surprise. Um, but I really found some pace at Kyle Army on the PS4. Um, not so fast on the PC, but I'm working on it. So, yeah, definitely Kyle Army, possibly Spa a close second. Uh, and I think Donington might come a close third now, actually. We yeah, it's a good track, isn't it? That's where I saw the uh, Senna win the European Grand Prix. Um, yeah. And that, that was an amazing circuit. Um, because of that, they used the full circuit for that. Um, on that day, we back in in, in April '93, um, and that was that was that was quite a thing. Was that, that the uh, was that the race where he set that stunning opening lap and overtook uh, four or five people on the first lap? Yeah, he was. He started. I think it was like fifth on the grid or something. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was third, maybe it was third or fourth on the grid. And when he when he got to the first corner, he was blocked and he was going to put down to fifth. Um, and then uh, then from then on, uh, by the end of that lap, he was first. Yeah. He just overtook Incredible. everybody. Incredible. The first few corners, he, he went past Andretti, and uh, and then it was da it was um, uh, Damon Hill, and then he caught so, up uh, to Prost on the back straight, um, and then as you know, it was on the on the on the Donington loop at the very far end. Uh, we we watched him go past, and Prost was still leading, and then yeah. as they came up over the hill, uh, Senna had gotten into the lead, and yeah, then that was yeah. it. He was away from there, uh, and it was was it the wet as well, if I remember. Yep, it was wet and dry. It was drizzling. It was it had been a horrendous weekend mm -hmm. um, of weather, and they ran out of tires. Prost came in, and they didn't know what tires to give him um, because they had simply run out of the of the number of tires. Uh, and he also stalled in the pit lane as well. Um, so it was in the days when that happened. So it was it was the most incredible experience to see it yeah, all. Yeah. And the, the, they had the V twelve Ferraris, you had the V eight Fords, and you had the V ten Renaults, um, and traction control that crackled as yeah. they. Accelerated away. It was a yeah. phenomenal um, era, really. That Absolutely. My favourite Formula One era, the Senna years. My one of my childhood heroes, Ayrton Senna. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? If we slightly digress, um, because obviously I know you're a big Formula One fan, um, and that that was uh, like one leader last night when you're when you've watched that era, um, and th even I think Lewis Hamilton talks a little bit about it. Um, when he was saying that we used to watch the Senna videos, but you know we watched Senna videos, we watched Mansell videos, and they were all—they really let you in on on their feelings and the real mm -hmm. feelings of what it was like. That's and right. they don't really do that now. It's very much too many uh, too many corporate answers these days. Yeah, it's all thanks to the team, and yeah. oh, which is why that. which is why I used to like Mark Webber because even though Mark Webber had to abide by the same rules as everybody else, he was still very honest and outspoken. So I I always had a lot a lot of respect for. For the Aussie grip, yes, yeah, and no, that was the thing, isn't it? It was, yeah, it was, and it's good to get drivers like that. In a way, I think Sebastian Vettel is that is a bit more like that now. He's he almost kind of say more what he what he feels rather than actually yeah be supposed to say, which I quite like. Mm -hmm. Do you have a particular favourite at the moment in Formula One? That's a no brainer, really. It's got to be Lewis, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I mean, he has done a terrific job, and you can't take away his skills on the racetrack. That's for sure, and he just keeps on going. Um, what do you think of the of the current engines and things like that in Formula One? Um, I went to Silverstone a couple of years ago. Um, they're still magnificent to watch, but they're too quiet. Um, yeah. I'd like to see a return to the real noise. I yeah. mean, when my when my dad used to take us to Brands Hatch when we were kids, we we'd be wearing ear defenders, you know, uh, so uh, because it was just so loud. And I, yeah, I'd love to 
I'd love to see it. I mean, I don't know a great deal about the the um, uh, the cars at the moment. I, I I've got got to admit to you, I, I I've fallen out of love with Formula One a little bit the last couple of years. It's um, with with the exception of maybe Monza last year when uh, Pierre Gasly won. Um, yeah, yeah. It's kind of. I know what you mean. It's it has lost a bit of it still. I think because it's yeah. it, it, it's become very politically correct. And exactly. Our, our era doesn't give two rips about that, you know. And we just yeah. we it's we like the build up. We like. I mean, I always remember it was funny yeah. because even Murray Walker in his eighties would get distracted by the pit girls uh, when they were next to a racing driver. <laughs> would say we he couldn't resist making a comment here yeah. and there. And it was great, you know, because it was cause it was funny and it was much more of a laugh, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But nowadays you don't get that. You're not allowed to pick girls. You're not allowed. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna, they're going to take an E for this, that, and the next thing and make some kind of political statement at all. But I, I kind of feel that that has really put a lot of people off, certainly my generation. Yeah, um, they've, they've, they've kind of dialed down the fun to a certain yeah. degree, which is, I mean, come on, sports, sports supposed to be fun. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I could possibly handle you know, not being, not, being grid girls i mean but I, I get what you're saying they have they have turned down the fun and the honesty and the passion um and yeah i mean you could replace lewis hamilton with bottas or anyone else on the grid and they would answer this the question in the in the very same way which is which is a shame because i'm sure underneath that corporate shell yeah. they've probably got very interesting personalities well yeah. at least i I'd hope they would anyway yeah, <laughs> you better. <laughs> you never know. You think your hero is the day of decline, isn't it? But yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's that is the kind of thing. I always laugh and, and think, you know, if James Hunt was commentating today, um, you can imagine how he would have reacted to some of these things, you know. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it needs a bit of fun and a bit more um kind of stuff. I, I, there was a actually a headline today saying they're planning on maybe doing some kind of sprint race on a Saturday with Formula One. So I, I haven't seen all the details about that yet. Um, but no, that might be an interesting way because it'd be quite nice to get a fuller weekend of, of action. I, 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 I skim read that article quickly um, and the first thought that came into my mind was, do you remember when they changed the qualifying format a few years ago in Australia and it, oh, lasted, yeah. for, and it lasted for one race? Yeah, I don't yeah. know why, but that popped into my head. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 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 it might just, isn't it? You don't want gimmicks. You want it to be a proper race and, yeah. and make it. I think I think I think the the F1 format week at the moment the weekend format is fine the way it is. Yeah, um, yeah. I wish they'd just stop fiddling with it. Like the the practice sessions on a Friday, the practice and the qualifying on a Saturday, and the race on the Sunday. I mean, if you go to the races, you get all the support races as well. Yeah. I, why change it? You know, I mean, I think it's probably liberty. They want to try and make it a little different. They want to try and push it out to more people, maybe, but. Yeah. Just concentrate on your core audience, really, and, and put it back on terrestrial television, please. Yeah, yeah it's got to be live. Please. Isn't it? Yeah, yes. I think that's, that's the thing, so that yes. people, not just the highlights, but for the whole thing. I think that was a mistake when they sold it to Sky and um, to give them all the rights, and certainly in the UK, it meant mm -hmm. it was really hard for other folks. And it also meant you had to pay the money to get it, which was a bit, it was a wee bit much. Um, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would have Sky Sports, I mean, not to stop talking about my tv packages <laughs> i would have sky sports f1 if i could yeah. just have that on its own if i didn't have to have the rest of the sports package in with it as well because i don't want to watch 24 channel, uh, hours of golf or stuff like that yeah. on tv you know but I, I managed to get that to be fair just f1 oh you did and, okay because yeah, I, I got it because at first they did a deal when it first changed over right. just get the f1 on sky 
So I, I, I begrudgingly got the skybox, and the, I, there's a good story of that because um, I, I used to live in a council estate in Glasgow um, when we first got first got married, and uh, and you know, and they put this new cla um, uh, cladding onto it, and so I phoned up Sky and said, right, I, I need to get the the, the Sky edition for the for the first Grand Prix, and it was in Australia, you know, early on a Sunday morning. And they said, "Yep, yeah, no, we'll come on the Friday. It'll all be done and dusted." And everyone in the whole in the whole street had a sky dish. And the yeah. guy came along and he said to me, "I'm really sorry, I can't install your sky dish uh, because you've got cladding on your house, and mm -hmm. you're gonna have to go to the council and get permission." And I went, "No, it's like the only one who doesn't have a sky dish in Glasgow, yeah. you know." You know, but, <laughs> so, you know that, that was it. So I had to watch it on somebody else's uh, kind of uh, computer to yeah. be able to see it. Um, mm -hmm. But eventually, they got it sorted. Um, but no, it, it is. It's it's a bit more restrictive. Only having it on Sky. I mean, I know they do the highlights on Channel Four, um, but also the commentary. It's it's changed as well the way they view the screens. I mean, I know my, my co-host Andrew Marr always complains that um, they don't really watch a lot of the racing. They tend to go off on a tangent or kind of miss quite a lot. And I think Brundle is an excellent commentator. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, Crofty, Crofty, I'm I'm not sold on yet. I like him. I like yeah. his passion. But yeah. I'm not sold on David Croft. I think he maybe <laughs> someone's going to kill me for saying this, but maybe you should stick to the darts. I would take a 95 year old Murray Walker over David Croft any day of the week. Yeah. I know, or, that was, or David Coulthard and Brundle would yeah. be, would be fantastic. You know, Yeah, they were brilliant. I think that was a classic time when, when I think it was 2010 or 2011 thereabouts when they had it was Brundle and Coulthard for for BBC and they were I think the best years of, of yeah. the F1 coverage because they were two really really good uh, commentators and they got on so well and they kind of yeah. worked out yeah. I think David Croft and Brundle get on well but I just don't know it, uh, it just doesn't quite quite kind of work I mean it's better than having James Allen but it's slightly different to, yeah. to yeah. <laughs> now I know they're both of them are now never ever going to come on the show but uh, <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. Um, but oh, now, Mimi 79 is saying Brundle and Ben Edwards would be a, a, a much better commentating pair. Ah, that's, yeah, that's, that would be an interesting one, actually, because Ben Edwards yeah. does quite a lot for the other formulas. But. Ben Edwards is a leading commentator. Again, not massively sold. I mean, I come from the era of Murray and James Hunt, so yeah, yeah. lots to live up to. I, I, I still stick to Martin Brundle, lead commentator, or David Coulthard, lead Brundle. Yeah. Yeah, you know, with um, Ted Kravitz in the pits. Yeah, he's like, brilliant. Like he's, Ted. Yeah, Ted's Ted's a, really good. It's yeah. been annoying because they, they, they've tried to push him out a bit um, over the Have last year. And they had Karen Chandok, I think it was, who yeah. does a lot. I mean, he's, he's okay, but mm -hmm. I don't think he's still got the same, he's not, he doesn't have that same likability as what Ted has been able to build over the years. Mm -hmm. And I think when you get Ted's notebook, it's really quite good. I'd love to watch that live, actually, to yeah. stay in there. Grandstand, yeah. watch him do his stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I think he would be really good with that. Now, Stephen Scott has said Murray was even better towards the end as he kept getting stuff wrong. That's why they loved him. But I always remember there was a time not long after uh, James Hunt passed away and Jonathan Palmer uh, stepped in to be a commentator for a year or two alongside Mar uh, uh, Murray Walker. Um, and I remember the, I think it was in the Argentinian Grand Prix or something like that. Um, and he had said to, he'd almost tried to outsmart Murray and say, oh, you got that one wrong, uh, Murray. I'll have, to, I'll have to correct you on that. Mm. Um, and then, of course, and then Jonathan walked straight into a trap um, and, and set himself up, made a mistake. 
and Murray just laughed, saying, "Well, I wouldn't want to have to correct you, Jonathan, but uh, you know, that one. <laughs> it was like because everyone was on Murray's side. Um, yeah. I think everyone. You know, I, I had the pleasure of meeting Murray Walker in the Isle of Man oh, wow. when I was very young, um, wow. and yeah, I wanted him to be my granddad. You know, yeah. lo loved him. You know, yeah, no, an amazing character, and, and I think that's what mm. makes the sport so good. There's so many of these kind of incredible characters." That go through Formula One, um, that it is it is really something. Mm -hmm. But um, but as we digress back to sim racing, um, what do you think it is that makes sim racing so attractive at the moment? Um, you know, obviously you're a passionate uh, racing fan. Is it what is it that drives you to play these games? Love of motorsport, really. Um, obviously, lockdown has helped. Um, I'm clinically vulnerable, so I haven't left the house much. For the last year um so obviously not being able to work in the office and not being able to go anywhere take the fiance to the cinema or whatnot you know so it definitely does fill a void there um but saying that um the games are fantastic um even gran turismo uh, i would recommend somebody if, you, if you're into racing um and your childhood dream was to race a car and it never quite happened Get into sim racing, man. You know, it's it's a fantastic way. I mean, I've met so many great people as well over the last year um, from all over the world. Same passion. Everybody gets on. It's not political. You know, yeah. it's, it's just a really nice place to be. Um, and um, it's helped me a hell of a lot the last year because obviously with COVID and not being able to go anywhere and practically being imprisoned in my own home. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just fantastic. I'm glad that my fiance bought Gran Turismo for the PlayStation because uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely definitely helped me to keep you sane, isn't it? That's absolutely. The thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was it a car when you first say drove a Gran Turismo, or, or maybe even on a set of Corsa that said, "Oh, I've always wanted to have a go in one of those. I wonder what this is going to be like." Um, you know, when you're maybe doing time trial and things like that. Um, was there anything that really kind of made you think, oh, this is just fantastic? Um, Gran Turismo, I, um, I always liked the R8. It was very tricky to drive. Uh, the Porsche 911 as well, or 991, I think it is, in Gran Turismo, Group 3. Um, oh, yeah. uh, a set of Corsa, it's got to be the uh, Ferrari 488 GT3 and the Evo. Unbelievable car to drive. Um, what other cars in Gran Turismo are good? The super formula cars as well i quite enjoy yeah. i don't don't like a lot of the high downforce races in gran turismo because obviously the higher up the tiers go the harsher the penalties get so yeah yeah you've only got i mean it's quite easy to knock into someone driving a super formula car around suzuka and um, he's driving a gt3 car so but super formula definitely was is definitely one of my favorites uh, unless esteban ocon is driving as well <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah the definitely the ferrari the um 488 gt3 evo in acc is phenomenal it sounds amazing um and if you've got the right setup it yeah it just it flies you know i i, I always i loved it when i first tried i said a corsa i loved the alfa romeo 155 the the touring car version of that okay um, 
and it's just because it sounded as it does mm. in real life. And I've always wanted to drive one of those. And I thought, and then I took it like to Imola and then Brands Hatch, and I, I made I just did a race by myself on the on the, against the AI. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just and it was just great fun because it was all Alfa Romeos. It was kind of yeah. like my dream combination. Um, although they're so unreliable, I'm amazed any of them actually started. Um, but you know, you can imagine them on the grid and nothing actually goes forward as of that. Um, but um, but no, they were they were great fun. And so if you can get a car that you really have a kind of passion for, it's it is quite fun. So if you're a Porsche fan or something similar, isn't it? There's lots of good cars. Yeah, yeah. The Porsche, I would I'd recommend the Porsche, the Group Three Porsche to anyone new to the game. It's quite an easy car to get the hang of. Um, if you're gonna I mean, you know, don't choose the Huracan or the, the R8 because they're, they're an absolute nightmare and they'll put you off the game before you've even started. So the Porsche, Group 3 Porsche, definitely a good starter car because it's it just it's great. It's not great at all the tracks, um, but it feels great. Uh, that's great. Now, I'll go to some of the chat comments. Okay. Um, so we'll see how we go. Now, uh, Mew79 has said Mansell. Nigel Mansell said a very high bar, though. Um, because one of the jokes was uh, from Anders Park saying, um, yes, you uh, want to be great at racing, it's all in the moustache. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the whole thing. And I jokingly said, I can't grow a moustache. And it's true. Does that mean Moo's going to grow a moustache for us? Well, I suppose. We'll have to see. Maybe in a couple of years, Moo. Couple of years. <laughs> that was the thing. Sean has said uh, I would make a great Scottish and Mexican mafia if I if I could grow a mustache. Well, maybe, maybe. that's the thing. Are we heading for the border? <laughs> 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 hey, you can only laugh. You can only laugh. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you one of those big sombreros, Hugh. Yeah. Uh, that's it. <laughs> Be one of the three caballeros. Well, I have been to Chiquitos, and I almost walked out with a hat by accident. Um, okay. So that was, a, that, was, that was about as Mexican as I've been. Oh, to be fair, I've been to Mexico many years back. I did go to Mexico, to be fair. I had a great time. Um, but uh, but here we are. So in terms of uh, what everyone is saying, Mew Mew has said he will package it to me um, if he grows one. Well, I might need that, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Now, what's been your best results going back to sim racing? Your best results so far in the games that you've been playing? Um, FIA-wise on Gran Turismo, I managed to get pole position at the Nürburgring once. Um, unfortunately, I was shunted off at the first corner and ended up coming in last. Oh, wow. uh, but, but that was a memorable one. Um, I guess when I went from B to A, um, it was Spa Group 4, and I think I was driving the GTR, and I just found a really nice rhythm with it. And um, I just, I think I, I accrued five or 6,000 DR points in a day. And wow. uh, I remember being absolutely chuffed to bits when I got to my A rank. I remember I went in Keith's chat and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm A rank, you know, getting all excited. But, um, um, yeah, that's Gran Turismo wise, probably. That was probably my biggest achievement. Um, ACC, um, it's a hard one. Um, I've not been playing the game very long seriously anyway so i haven't really achieved anything major um i haven't been able to get into any of the top six in acc yet because the competition is so fierce and people are so fast um yeah 
the jury's out on ACC for the time being. Not going to toot my horn because there's nothing to toot about at the moment. <laughs> That's a good phrase. But, um, but yeah, because, I mean, you did very, a very good time a few, well, about a month ago, uh, back at Brands Hatch in the Ferrari. Um, yeah. And I even tried to do a recording of a video to see, right, you've done that yeah. 124, I think it was. Um, was it 124 or 4 or 124.6, something like that? In, 124 in, something, yeah. Yeah, in uh, Brands Hatch. And I couldn't get, I, I, I tried it again the other day in the Ferrari. And I think I got a 126.1. Um, yeah. I thought I could probably get maybe a mid-25, but um, mm -hmm. I didn't really have many settings. I, I'd only just changed the steering ratio um, and a little bit of traction control and turned that down a yeah. bit. Um, but, um, but, yeah, so I need to learn how to get all the setups. Um, yes. See how that all works. Because in terms of that, do the setups make a huge difference when you race in ACC? I'm not sure at the moment. Um, I spent quite a bit of money on setups not gonna lie um, and I've tried out a hell of a lot of them um, coach Dave setups are really good um, I'm not may might give you a half a second second maybe um, yeah. I think they're worth giving a go they certainly give you an idea of, of, of a base to work from in ACC um, I've um, had a few of Dalkins setups, who's one of the top players on ACC, and I can honestly say that his setups in the Ferrari are amazing. But I think a lot of it depends on how you're performing that day. Yeah. Um, obviously, some days you'll pick up the game and you'll play it, and you were doing 118s, at, well, 124s at Brands Hatch the day before, and you can barely do it at 126 today. So sometimes yeah. it's like, oh, this setup feels amazing, but I think a lot of it is how you're driving on the day, really. Um, yeah. It's marginal, very marginal. I'd say 0 0.5, maybe a second. Um, yeah. No, right. oh, it's, it's good to know. Now, we've got a question here uh, from Sean. It says, moving from pad to wheel, has it given you the urge to do this in real life when things return back to normal, like proper track days and things like that? If I could drive a car, Sean, I'd love to, but unfortunately, I can't. I don't even have a driving license. All right. Was there any particular reason why you didn't want to get a license? Or was it just... Uh, I lived in... It's a bit of a poor excuse, but I lived in central London all my life and never really felt the need to drive a car. I had a, a bicycle. Um, I was training bus man most of my life, you know, so ah, I, ne I never bothered. The only time I've ever driven a car um, is my dad used to be uh, a track maintenance man at Brooklands back in oh, the yeah. very early 80s. So uh -huh. I used to go down there on a weekend and just hang out with him. And I actually have a photo of me somewhere standing on my dad's lap in his old Cortina driving uh -huh. on the banking of Brooklands. So that's the oh, only time I've ever driven a car. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was there in March. Um, for the because they've done it up and now Mercedes owns the whole thing, um, and it's a great day out. It's fantastic yeah. um, the yeah. site down there. You can do you can do track days that they have, and, and they've got a big simulator center as well. Okay, that's a fantastic, fantastic day out. Um, I actually won it in a competition when I did a reasonable lap on uh, on a sim uh, a, a fleet driving day, which was quite fun. Um, so it's um, yeah, no, it's it's well worth going along and and uh, doing that. But and now actually, to be fair, now that you've played all these games. I'll, they do a little bit of sim, you know, what the first bit's all theory, isn't it? So it's kind of, you have to watch a, a program or a, a kind of simulation and spot all the hazards. So mm -hmm. you'd probably find that you'd be quite natural then when you get into the car. Because places like BSM, they used to have a cutout of an old Vauxhall Corsa. 
Um, and that was kind of the first simulators, really. That was 20 years ago and more. Mm. Um, and they were pretty terrible. It was like an old big old TV set. Um, and then they would, I think they had three of them put together. Um, and then that was your kind of interior of a Corsa. And then you could drive <laughs> the car around this town. Um, yeah. But uh, it was, it was, it was, and not only that, it was quite expensive. Uh, so it was almost as expensive as getting a lesson as it was to drive this cut yeah. out of a Corsa. It'd probably been <laughs> shunted by another driver, and that's why they couldn't use it anymore. But you know, so they just made it into a game. That, um, but no, it was it was quite a thing. But I'll go and look at these uh, comments that we've got and the questions. And uh, Anders Pack has said, on a closed track, you don't need a license, at least here in Sweden. Fairly sure it's the same all over the world. Okay. Um, it might be the case. I know that some but of them. What? What racing car owner would allow a 42-year-old guy to race his car around a track that didn't have a license? Not many. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you now, if I did it at Brands Hatch, I'd probably go off at Paddock Hill and write his entire car off. So it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> no, that's the thing. It's when you're in there doing your kind of F3, you say, oh, I'll drive one of these single seaters for a day. And you say, Where's the clutch? You know, you know, yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, they turn off the engine very quickly. You know, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, track days are great fun, and they, and I think now, especially once things start to return to normal, I think everybody will be wanting to try and get out and have a go. But I, I think it was quite interesting is that when a lot of sim racers that I've interviewed is that yes, they have this huge passion for motorsport. Um, and what sim racing has allowed them to do is really to enjoy that even more. Because maybe they've felt over the last few years that it's been harder and it's expensive to go yeah. to motor racing and big days out like that. Um, and, and they kind of feel maybe it's harder to do it. So actually having these these games has been a, a wonderful kind of escape um, to, to kind of experience what it's like to race. And but people yeah. like David yeah. Perel saying, actually, played Gran Turismo for 90 minutes. Uh, and that's, that's the best way to practice if you are going to race. Then it, it's probably going to help maybe to stir up a, a bigger passion for motorsport, and hopefully more people will get involved. Do you think there's a bit of a link there that if you start out racing on sims, that you might be tempted to go into real racing? I would, I would hope so. Yeah, because um, I think a lot of the, not so much people my age, but the, but the youngsters now coming through that want to be um, motor racing drivers. I think that there was, there, there would hopefully the sim racing would create an avenue for them to be able to go in to motor racing. Um, I mean, we've seen it happen a few times. I mean, Igor Fraga is a perfect example. I think I think he yeah. made the transition from sim racing to actual racing. Um, I think yeah. it was that that way around, you know. So yeah. I, I, hopefully, hopefully, sim racing will be part of the recruitment process now for youngsters who who want a career in motor racing, and and it opens it up to everybody as well, which is another good thing. It's yes, it yeah. can be expensive if you want to go down the Fanatec route. Um, it can be expensive if you want to buy a PC, but I've I've had a lot of hobbies in my life, Hugh, and none of them are cheap. You know, if if you're that way inclined and you're that passionate about it, you're going to spend that money to get yourself where you want to be. So, yeah, I mean, uh, three hundred quid for a for a bog standard wheel is it's not a massive investment. If you're young, pester your parents until they buy you one. Because if it's what you want to do. It could be a great in for you to get into racing proper, you know? Yeah, no, I, absolutely. It's, I mean, my son, who's only seven, um, I gave him a go. I had to get him as many cushions as I could get in the house and uh, so he could actually sit on the seat. But he actually managed to go around Brands Hatch for a yeah. few laps without crashing, and that was in a Ford F-150 pickup. 
well, that's quite an easy car to drive. Mm. Um, and, he, and he was actually kind of looking through the steering wheel to the screen. So you yeah, can actually see yeah. what he was doing, but he made it and he was using the pedals. And, and I thought mm. I'd just love to get him to do a bit more of that. Um, yeah. because it, actually, yeah. it does help him to learn the basics of driving. Uh, when you take him in a fairly basic car and obviously he didn't know brand satch as well i put him on the indie circuit um and it wasn't long before he was actually going around with that was staying on the track no problem and and quite enjoying it you know so it's definitely it definitely helps mm. but uh no it is it is quite a thing now we've got um a, a few questions here i'll just quickly go oh, yeah jimmy broadbent has just uh, signed his first uh, racing contract i think with rl racing um, so he's going to be, I think it's in the Brick Car series he's going to be racing in, um, which is great. And of course, Super GT um, has driven a McLaren GT3 car at the Top Gear test track. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. And quite a few of the others have, uh, I know like, uh, the guy who does, uh, does Scene Through Glass, um, which is uh, it's quite a good channel. And he tends to get a lot of supercars. And they invited him to drive a Renault Formula One car from, I think, was it the 2012 season? It was slightly detuned at Paul Ricard. Um, but I think for a lot of us who stream, that's our dream, you know. Yeah, please, Renault, come and pick us. And yeah, us, absolutely. Uh, we'll get fat man in a cheap Renault. Uh, <laughs> cheap Renault. <laughs> but, um, but we'll have to we'll have to see what what would be your your kind of dream kind of plan for 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 going into racing if you were to do that. My dream plan for going into racing. Wow. Um, what via the sim route? Do you mean? Um, yeah, if you were sim racing, what would be, and, and then you could choose a, a, a real racing category, what would it be? Oh, okay. Um, oh, I'd love GT3 all day long. Love it. I'd love to even sit in the passenger seat and go around and have a few laps. It'd be fantastic. But it would be GT3 all day long. Absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen any of the kind of Blanc pain race, uh, races that they do? I have, yes. Yes, not, not a lot. I haven't watched it a lot. Um, obviously, fairly new to sim racing so wasn't overly aware of the existence of gt3 and gt4 the blanc upon series before then um but i have watched a few of the races yeah they're yeah they're great fantastic i love the cars yeah and they are they are pretty good i think and they're noisy as well i saw it when david perel was there coming up two years ago in may at silverstone um and, uh, and that was a fantastic race three-hour race that they did there um, and it's a noise because they are they're quite noisy and it's it's a it's good fun, uh, especially the Audi R8s. They were they were quite good to watch. And then of course the Ferraris and and the Lamborghinis and all of that. And it, it was we were at a really good point to watch as they come into the kind of complex. And um, so yeah, no, it is it is quite fun um, to, to to keep up with them all. Now we've got some great comments here. Now we've got Jack Balding Racing, uh, who is a go karter, and he was saying that he's got he got a new go kart for his Christmas, but he hasn't been able to drive it yet because of all these COVID restrictions. Well, hopefully you'll be able to get into it and show them all what you're made of and mm -hmm. win some championships this year, Jack. Uh, I'm sure that uh, we won't put the pressure on, but that's what we're expecting. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, certainly I'm sure you'll do well with that. Now, there is a question here from Sean. Um, it says, does, Sean Mike again. Yeah, does Mike <laughs> know what Ladylike Phone 7 is? Ladylike Phone 7 was, I believe, someone's PSN handle in a in a stream a few weeks ago. Is that right? I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah. That might be on a Super yeah. GT video. I wonder if it was it. Did he mention it? Anyway? I'm trying to remember. I he think that might as well. I think it was a, 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 someone just came in spamming. I think it was Key25's chat with Ladylike Phone 7 over and over and over and over and over again. And I think... 
Um, it's just embedded in our brains now, I think. Well, Sean's especially. <laughs> uh, Sean said, it was one of those you had to be there moments. You know, yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> it's like trying to explain the joke to your children or your wife, isn't it? When she doesn't get it. Tougher, uh, so. tougher questions, please, Sean. Tougher questions. <laughs> Have you ever done go-karting? Yes. And how did you get on with that? Awful. <laughs> it was... I'll tell you the reason why. It wasn't because I was a bad driver. Um, I organised my best mate stag do in Amsterdam. And one of the activities I had planned for the weekend was go-karting. And, uh, yeah, I think we we're all a little bit worse for wear. Um, it, I, I loved it. I came first of the non-drivers. Um, we completely wiped the floor with the guys who actually drove cars in real life. But, yeah, top of the non-drivers that day. That's pretty good going. Yeah. I always remember I, I went to the Daytona, is it Daytona Raceway? The one, um, what's the one in London? And so it was in White City in London. Um, I think it was Daytona cars. Um, it was a really good one. It, was, it had a big indoor, huge indoor circuit. And I went there with my brother. And at that time, I was a lot thinner. I was a lot fitter. Um, and my brother was very fit. And he gave me these two cans of Red Bull and said, right, drink these because it's really warm in there and you'll need to keep your concentration on. And I never, ever drank a Red Bull before. I'm a teetotal guy, so I don't drink at all. Mm -hmm. um, so I got this, I drank them and it tasted like, well, it was pretty awful stuff. Um, but I thought, well, if it helps, it helps. Um, and so I was totally wired for the whole the whole, the whole time. And, uh, and the thing was, we'd had a really good run um, getting through the heats. And then I said to him, my brother was on pole position and I was on six, uh, the last, I was like eighth on the grid or something, because they always randomized the, 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 the grids um, mm -hmm. for, you had about four qualifying races. And I remember saying, like, we need to have some team orders. And they had a big hairpin at the first corner. It was like the first as he came into. And I said, if you go around that corner and when you get around to the middle, just break, just slow right down. And that will bunch everybody up. And then I'll be at the back and I'll try and come around the outside and get through. Um, and my, my sister took this great black and white picture of us talking on the pit wall as we were kind of planning our move. Yeah. And to my amazement, he did it. He went around the first corner. He slowed right down. Everyone bunched right up. And I went around the outside and got the lead and won the race. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And, and okay. so it was it was totally dodgy. <laughs> completely fun, you know. But it was quite, it was fun. And then in the end, I actually won the whole competition for that day for the arrive and drive. Um, but I, was, I think I couldn't sleep for about two days because mm -hmm. I had all this Red Bull and that. So I was, and my, the caffeine was something else, you know, and it was a boiling hot London summer's yeah. day. And I think, um, I think if I went back and did go-karting now, I think with all the sim racing experience I have had, I think I'll be a lot better now. You know, I've learned a lot more um, uh, in the last two years than I ever had before. So, yeah, I, I think I'd be a, a force to contend with now if I was to go car. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the thing is that you definitely get better when you do lots of of uh, of, of uh, sim racing. I think mm -hmm. it helps you with your lines, doesn't it, and the way that you drive. And uh, it's like what Gaz was saying last week. He's very good at go karts on on uh, GT Sport. Um, and it's always you just get your the bits that you're really strong at, and uh, and also we've got now we've got the courage of, of saying we play racing games, so we're yeah. able to, to to know that we can we can compete with the best. Now Stephen Scott has got a question for you. It's a hard question. If someone threw a comb or a hairbrush in the middle of you guys, would there be a fight? <laughs> if someone threw a comb or a hairbrush, <laughs> um, oh, well, I wouldn't go. Why would I need to fight someone through a comb or a hairbrush? <laughs> I'd, I'd sit back and watch them fight over it. Uh, I mean, the thing, 
Shona said, I'd probably section you for throwing that in the middle of us, to be honest. That was the one that, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and here's another one for you. Um, from again from Sean, tell Mike to give us a tune on that mini piano that, uh, that you've got there in the background. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's not plugged in. Oh, well, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> now. Here's a more serious question from the Sim Hub Where does Mike see himself in five years' time with his sim racing journey? Hmm. I'd like to short term plans, I'd like to upgrade to some Fanatec gear in the next year. Um, I've just started doing some live streams of a set of Corsa Competizione on my YouTube channel. Um, at the moment, I'm not entirely sure how far I want to take the YouTube channel. I've been thinking about maybe having this on the screen so you can see me driving and my reactions, and I, I can talk to people. Um, I'm 50-50 I'm about that at the moment. Um, I'd like, I mean, I'd like to grow my channel a little bit. I mean, I, I, I certainly, I'm not looking at the dizzy heights of Super GT or yeah, Rory yeah. or Ollie or Key or any of those. Um, but yeah, I, as long as I'm still around and I'm still enjoying it in five years' time, I think, I think I'd be happy enough with that. Really, I don't. Just to be able to compete at a reasonably high level is enough for me. I'm not. I don't have to win. Um, I mean, I in 350 odd races on Gran Turismo I won 15 of those um yeah. but it was still great fun so yeah I, I hopefully still playing it with some better gear actually have a proper rig instead of a dining chair here um <laughs> a nicer wheel um I've got got some load cell pedals which are great um but I think it's a no-brainer I'll be upgrading to Fanatec in a year or so maybe maybe even sooner we'll see um, yeah. But yeah, modest, modest plans. Um, nothing on a grand scale. Um, obviously, one of the one of the best parts of the sim racing community is the people. So, I, obviously, I, I hope to still be talking to loads of the people that I I talk to yeah. on a daily basis still mm -hmm. as well. You know, that's that's a very important part of it. Yeah, I know it is. It is great fun, and it's part of the kind of camaraderie. It's almost like it's yeah. like no, we're not allowed to go to the pub, and hopefully in the future, I'm sure we'll we will be able to go back again. But it's kind of like meeting your mates um, at a pub, isn't it? You know, is it you're all yeah. kind of talking about the things that you like, and it may not be the football now; it's about the racing, um, mm. which is quite different and, and it's good fun. Um, and these communities have allowed us to be able to do that, which is which mm. is fantastic. And you do you miss not being part of it, um, absolutely. Uh, which is which is something you know. It's you meet you we made a lot of new friends and great friends on this, which is really really good. Um, now, Mimu79 has said, Mike, who is your favourite streamer and why? Easy, easy answer. Um, Key25, without a doubt. Um, best best community on uh, YouTube. Um, love the guy's passion, love his honesty. Um, he made me moderate us, so I kind of have to say him anyway, really, don't I? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely Key25. Um, Hugh as well, can't can't forget Hugh as well. Mumu, you've got a great channel as well. I I like Rory, I watch Ollie, uh Dalkin Jardier, there's loads. Tijney, can't forget Tijney as well. Dead Eye Del Boy. Um Yes, I haven't I never heard of him till yesterday. There was one leader that told me about Dead Eye Del Boy. Um so hopefully we'll try and get in touch with him. 
Yes. Um, and that would be that would be good. And just for a quick moment, as we're talking about what's coming up, um, tomorrow night we have Riley Phillips at nine o'clock. Uh, that's UK time. And he is a go-kart champion. Uh, and he's also a, a real racing driver as well. And he builds sim rigs. And he's just 18 years old. So he'll be coming on uh, tomorrow night at nine o'clock. Um, and as for next Monday, we will have a, a gaming stream with Fat Man and a cheap sim, which is me trying to race um, and try not to swear uh, when I get lots of penalties <laughs> and all sorts of everything else. Um, but in we changed time, your slogan. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but we'll be trying to win the race at the first corner. Um, but uh, but yeah, but no, that's that's what will be happening next week. And as of the, in a week today, we don't have a guest, so we'll see if we can fill that gap. Um, by a week's time, that would be that would be a lot of fun, certainly. Um, now we were talking about uh, um, the communities and things yes. like that. Now you said you're a big fan of Key Twenty Five, because um, he's been around quite a while. And and just a few weeks ago, he deleted uh, Grand Turismo, didn't he? He's kind of had enough. And then I think he re downloaded it after that, whatever. But um, what was it like to witness that? Because that really stirred quite a few people in the in the in the Grand Turismo community. Um, I've been watching Key for a couple of years now. Um, doesn't surprise me. I've been there myself. I mean, I haven't gone to the lengths of I would actually delete the game. Um, yeah. I've certainly felt like deleting it and throwing it out the window a few times. Um, I mean, Key does it for a living. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not sure. This is this is why I said to you, I, I'm not sure how far I want to take my YouTube channel because. I, I don't want to blur the lines between fun and work. If I had to play Gran Turismo every day for work, I would probably end up as stressed out with it as Key is with it at the moment. I think everybody that streams Gran Turismo on YouTube gets just as wound up as Key does. It's just that they will probably not show the emotion um, or the rage <laughs> that Key <laughs> shows on his stream. But yeah. Some people don't like it, and that's fine. You don't have to watch it. You can go and watch something else. There's a million and one streamers on YouTube doing similar things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I didn't. it didn't surprise me that he did it. I mean, I was quite happy that he did it because I've been bugging him for months to play ACC. So once Gran Turismo was out of the way, that's a massive obstacle for me because I'm going to get to what I watch get to watch what i want <laughs> he is very very good yeah. in fact, if you're in touch with him tell him it'd be great to get him back on the show uh, i know he said he would uh, but it'd be fantastic to get him back on um because he's, he's uh, it was nearly two years ago actually the last time we had him on the show and um, so that's that's the thing but, yeah. uh, and for people who are for joining us for the first time tonight um, you're watching the car sim and race driver show on the hugh hatrick channel and if you love sim interviews we've got a huge catalog of a wide and varied range of sim racers from Super GT and Rory uh, to Mike here today, and we've had we've had Mew Mew seventy nine. We've had so many I can hardly list them all, uh, but they're all in the catalogue on our channel. So you'd be welcome to hit that subscribe uh, button and uh, go and see some of those videos later on. But um, so, what do you think in 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 closing? Just now uh, here, Mike. What's what's your 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 kind of favourite thing about ACC at the moment? Um, and are you, is there anything you're particularly looking forward to as the games develop this year? Um, I'm really enjoying um, the sim grid races, um, the daily races. I think that's David Perel's idea, the sim grid races. They're really good. Um, 
I'm like I'm enjoying actually having some competition ranking races on there because the PlayStation version never worked properly. Um, so it's nice to actually compete in some competition server races where I can actually gain some points from it. Um, at the moment, I'm still getting used to the PC version. Um, it's not massively different from the PS4. Obviously, it has the, the graphics are better, the frame rates better, um, the overall experience is obviously a lot better. Um, but a lot more competition. So um, I suppose the, the thing I love the most at the moment is the challenge to get myself up to the level of some of the top drivers. That is that's the next challenge. You know? all right, all right. So what's the key for getting your SA rating up in ACC? Because I'm out of like 58. And it seems to take an A to do, do a race and I'm lucky if I get one point um, at yeah. the end of it. Is there a key to getting more SA points and getting your competition levels a bit better yeah um with regards to sa um you can gain the first 50 or 60 sa quite easily um by driving around with the ai drive within half a second <coughs> excuse me of the um ai drive alongside cars um, All right. just basically drive close to the ai yeah. to gain points but like i said once you get to about 60 it starts going up very slowly um yeah. So you might find that you have to do two or three clean laps driving very close to other drivers to gain even one SA point. I mean, 70, yeah. will, 70 will get you into the competition server, I believe. Yeah, yeah um, that's PS4. Yeah. Um, but th that's that's the way to do it. Just stick the, try and have the, the skill level of the AI at 100, put the aggressiveness to about 90. I think that may help with, to boost your numbers a bit quicker but yeah just drive drive clean and try not to crash here yeah i was going to say i, I could tell that one was coming <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is a lot harder on acc than it seems and then right. it hit one dodgy curb or, or even just the marbles and then yeah. it can take you off the track quite easily yeah. you've really got to concentrate mm -hmm. um on those games um but uh but yeah but no, i think that's what makes it so much fun though because you know what it's hard and it needs to be hard yes um, to make it kind of work properly and um, because then when it comes off well it is something so how do you find you know when you do these big races um i always like the the, the, the comment that comes through from your uh, engineer it says you know hey watch out your tires are cold stay off the curbs mm -hmm. it's so hard to do that uh, when you start a race in in, in uh, um on a set of course uh, on a set of course of the competition how, what's yeah. your tactics of of getting those uh, tires warmed up and avoiding the problems um depends on the settings for the race if you're doing a competition server race you'll do a full formation lap before you actually start um if you do a lobby race more often than not you'll probably start on the last corner and you'll you'll turn the corner and you'll be on the on the start finish straight and you will begin within 15 seconds so you've got a lot smaller window to get your brakes and your tires up to temperature so it's a lot harder when you've got a very like a, a very small start um so i would ride the brakes for as much as you can try and not not to overcook the brakes uh, but obviously with a, a full formation lap in the cp races you could weave you could ride the brakes you can accelerate brake um, so you, you've not really got much of a problem to get your tyres up to the temperature on a, on a full lap. On a very short start, yeah, um, it's difficult. It, you're just going to have to hope that 
everyone else around you is going to drive sensibly on lap one, which I find in ACC they do more often than not. Grand yeah, Turismo, yeah. you get a lot of dive bombers at turn one. You can, yeah. you do get that on ACC, but I, I find the higher up your SA gets, the more respectful the people are around you. I mean, accidents happen, obviously, but it happens less and less. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the thing, because I found, I did the race at Silverstone, an, an online race, and it was great fun, actually, and the yeah. first time I got slightly caught out, um, because although it was the first lap and the first corner, um, I went a bit, well, I, I was I went at a speed I thought I could quite easily um, handle, and I managed to go onto the curb, and the car did actually stick, but I was amazed at how many people I was able to overtake. The only problem was I was quite slow coming off the curbs, so mm -hmm. a few of them got past me again as we went up the next street. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, but it was quite good, but thankfully it didn't hit anyone. Um, because that's the thing, quite often if you're going too fast and you go on the curbs when the tyres are cold, you tend just to spin off um, yeah. and it can be quite dramatic. Um, but it's it's good. The only thing I kind of feel slightly annoyed about when, when you do a, an online multiplayer race in ACC, um, if you do even get on the podium, it doesn't always take you to the podium. You know, when you finish, the, when you cross the checkered flag, there's mm -hmm. no podium celebration. It just takes you back to the pits yeah. and then yeah. you start next lobby. Yeah. Um, is that something you would like to see changed or is there anything that kind of bugs you about that game? Um, I have seen a podium sequence somewhere. Um, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It doesn't appear very often, but I have seen it. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm not that overly bothered about having it. Um, I think just having a P1, 2 or 3 is good enough. Um, yeah. I I would I wouldn't want it to go too far towards the arcade route if I'm honest. Yeah, I, yeah. The way it is at the moment, it does work. Yeah, it's a bit no frills when you finish a race, but I don't know. Um, no, I'm not not bothered either way with that one really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, it's been great to hear all of your um, sim racing story and and all of your tips. Um, and secrets for getting good lap times and, and also your favourite racing cars and, and the games that you enjoy. And uh, your community here has been absolutely amazing tonight. I'm sure they'll be really pleased because they've been able to ask you some good questions and we've had a lot of fun and some lot of, a lot of good jokes. There have been so many comments there, I can hardly keep up with them all. But we really appreciate everybody coming on tonight and watching Mike um, doing this interview. Uh, and he's a great guy. He's a fantastic guy. And I only have one question. You need to send me those that set up for your Ferrari so I can oh, have yes. a go on Brands yes. Hatch. Yes. And that would be yes. super. Send me a few screenshots or something so I have an idea or oh, a list yeah. of settings. Yeah. Um, that would be absolutely fantastic. Now, our final question is always from Nielinski. And very appropriately, he has put this question um, there. And it is, of course, would you prefer to fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? I hate these questions. <laughs> um, let, let's go with the second one. Let's go with 100 duck-sized horses. You want a 12-bore like, like I offered Womble Leader yesterday? Yeah. So I'll, you can shoot them down. I'll, I'll, I'll set my dog on them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> when are we interviewing Sean, says Jack Baldwin Racing. Well, we'll have to arrange that. I'm sure yeah. we can arrange that. Get the uh, get, get your bleep machine ready. I would imagine. Is it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been absolutely fantastic. Well, stay on the line at the moment as we close the the show. But to everyone who's been watching, make sure you tune in tomorrow because we've got Riley Phillips on at nine o'clock, and that should be a fantastic interview as well. But it's been great to have all the camaraderie, all the jokes, all the fun, and the questions we've had tonight. So, as we say, if I, I'm going to hand it over to Mike here, you can say our special phrase. Drive fast, 
and try not to crash. <laughs> and you'll win the race at the first corner. Take yes, care, everyone. Yes. And we'll see you very soon. Bye, just now.